just wonder how many of you have ever been to another nation or another country. Today on Emerging Day. How can you fault somebody for coming, for trying to come to a place that they think is going to be better? How can you really fault somebody for even bringing their family to a place that they think is going to be better? How can you fault somebody for even going a long distance to get somewhere if they think that it's going to be better for their family? The plane just sat there, and I'm thinking, okay, what's up? And so they tell us, well, we're having a little bit of engine problem, and this is my first time flying on a plane. I'm like, oh, great, you know, here I am going to Haiti by myself, and the plane has engine problems. When you get to Haiti, you know you're in a different place. We need to begin to expand our minds, begin to see things from other people's perspectives. There's that spark, that seed of God in everybody. And if you can break through that, just a smile, sometimes that's all it takes, is a smile or a hug. Sometimes if you'll just allow the Spirit of the Lord to move through you in such a way, you can break through that shell. But if we can begin to see that that Christ is in each one of us, And who's the enemy? The enemy is that part of us that's trying to hold on to control. We're all still that same little child. Every one of us are. Yeah, what does it feel like to be grown up? Because I want somebody to tell me, because I've never felt that way. When you see somebody else, just think for just, even for just a moment, what they might have been like when they were a kid. If we can begin to see that and look at each other in that way and realize there's that seed of God right in there. And that's a child of God. This is a child of God. How would things really be different? How things would, would really begin to change if we could look at each other with those eyes of love? This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Do you like to shop online for either yourself or for gifts for others? Do you like the convenience of shopping online, but also like to help support local shops and retailers? What if you could do both? Check out BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Bells Gifts and More is locally owned and operated, based just outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. They have men's and women's clothing fashions and accessories, wallets, handbags, watches, jewelry, books, media, home and office items, electronics, and more, all at great prices. And they add new items to their inventory almost every day. 
So go to bellsgivesandmore.com and use promo code EMERGE when you check out to get an additional 10% off your purchase, excluding sellout. That's bellsgivesandmore.com. Hey, welcome to this edition of Emerging Daily. I'm Scott Fisher. And as you can hear, if you listen to the previous podcast and uh, everything, you know that again on this one, I am on the go. It seemed like it worked out okay on that one, and uh, of necessity, I'm doing doing it again. My car is a little bit loud, and I apologize. And this recorder is not quite as up to par for quality that I wish it were, but we'll make do for now. Uh, on this edition, I wanted to talk about, about some things that, uh, well, let me just put it like this. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, and of course you can't raise your hand or, or anything, but uh, I just wonder how many of you have ever been to another nation, another country? Or even a region of this nation that is unusual. Like, for an example, just to give you an example, if you've never been to the Indian reservations out in the southwest, uh, like around uh, the uh, desert southwest, uh, around the Four Corners area of, the, of our country, uh, each of those, each of those reservations, and, and is almost like a, another nation. So, if you've never been outside of the continental United States, but you've been to those uh, Indian reservations, that's almost like being in another nation. Uh, Even their living conditions are as such as, in many cases, as being in another nation. But if you've you've never been to an actual uh, uh, another nation somewhere, it's hard for you to put yourself in those people's shoes to put yourself in another person's shoes from another country Um, I've not been the world traveler that I always wished that I were but you know I'm not dead yet but I have been to some places I've been to to Mexico, I've been to Canada I've been to Haiti Um, I was in Puerto Rico, but that was only long enough to get on a ship because we were on a cruise. Um, so I've been to some of the islands down around there, like uh, St. Thomas, Barbados. Uh, I forgot all of the others, but but I lived in Haiti for for a little while, and uh, like I said, we were in Mexico, and we were not, we were not in a resort area. I don't know if you've ever heard of Monterey, but that's where we were. But it, it gives you another viewpoint to consider. Um, you can you you have a more open mind and you have a more uh, a wider perspective on things. And it's hard to really uh, think from another country's perspective if you've never been there. Now. You know, even growing up, I always was taught in my family and in my church to think about other people like that and to to consider other people. But once you're actually there, it's a whole other it's a whole other story. It's another ball game. Um, you know, and we're talking a lot of right now. 
about immigration. How can you fault somebody for coming, for trying to come to a place that they think is going to be better? How can you really fault somebody for even bringing their family to a place that they think is going to be better? How can you fault somebody for even going a long distance to get somewhere if they think that it's going to be better for their family? How can you do that? And if you've never seen that situation firsthand, you know, and I've not seen uh, some of the places, obviously, in, in Central and South America, but I have seen some of the places in Mexico. I have seen some of the places in Haiti. And I know that when people are coming here from places like that, they're not coming here for the purpose of trying to destroy this country, this nation, or anything anything remotely like that. But the problem is, for one, let me just say this, there's actually, well, there's many problems, but there's two core issues at fault here, and, and a lot of it has to do with our school system, because we're not really teaching kids and young, uh, young people these days really what it means to live in a society other than this one. I mean, we, we don't try to, to expand their, their minds. We don't try to really get them to see things from a whole other perspective, from a whole other viewpoint. And, you know, and, and even if you're just teaching them about this nation, we're really not teaching them about civics and about civility and about how really our government works. You know, we've got, and, and, and some of you may uh, disagree, but we've got a president right now that really does not understand how our, how our government runs, how it works, how laws are made. He doesn't understand how uh, the government is divided for the purpose of not letting one central branch rule everything. And, and and then we have people that think that there's something wrong by not just really agreeing with everything he says. Well, it was made that way on purpose. There was a reason that it was made that way. But getting back to uh, getting back to seeing things from other perspectives. If you've if you've never been on a mission trip. You know, a lot of you that are listening to this may not have grown up in church, may not have been a part of a church that did outreach programs, that, that reached out to other uh, countries or, or other, even other aspects of this country. You know, um, the church that I was at when I first began preaching, we had two sister churches. One was, well, the church that, that I was that at the time was Fellowship Ministries, and the pastor was Robert Sanders and, and uh, his son, Ricky Sanders. And Ricky was my mentor. He was the, the guy that really uh, helped me get started in the ministry. He was like, uh, he was like my big brother and, and a father in the faith, and, and he, helped, uh, he helped form 
my ideas in a way of being more open to people. And, you know, our other sister church, well, I, I said other, I didn't even tell you what churches they were, but one of the sister churches was Christian Life Chapel. And um, if you've listened to the podcast um, titled Transition, I was speaking at that church at the time, and, and Brother Faith, Argyle Faith, was the founder and pastor of that church, and he passed away. Uh, he was a great, great guy, good friend. Um, they had a bookstore at one time, and I even helped them with that for a time. Um, and in our other sister church, because we were um, non-denominational, charismatic churches, but we fellowshiped together. Uh, the other church was Love One Another. And they had a school at the time called Lebanon Christian Academy. And one of the things that we did, um, well, one of the things Love One Another did, and the pastor and founder of that church was Bob Evans, and he recently passed away. But he um, really had a big outreach to Haiti. God had put it on his heart to, to help Haiti, and he really had a, an outreach to Haiti and also to, to other places. Um, the year I graduated high school, and I graduated from Lebanon Christian Academy, I went there for my part of my junior year and then for my senior year. Um, but anyway, my the year I graduated, we had a big trip that we took to the Indian reservations out in the desert southwest. And um, that really opened my, my mind and my eyes to a lot of things because some of the people living out there um, on, in that and some parts of the reservations out there were living uh, you know it was almost like stepping back in time because some of them were still using outhouses um, you know the, one of the churches that we stayed at uh, even the church had a just had an outhouse, and you know, you were we were sleeping on the ground, and there were scorpions. Even you know, it was this was some wild stuff. Um, but it helped open my eyes and give me a new perspective. And then uh, the, the pastor that uh, that church was working with from Haiti came over several times during. Uh, while I was going to school there and and, and thereafter to share and about uh, Haiti and, and Bob had gone over there several times and um, you know just to, let me talk a little bit just for a second about working together you know there was a time when these three churches really just had a big heart for each other. I mean, there were times when everybody from the other two churches would go to the other church, to the third church, to have a meeting, to have a, to have a service, and a fellowship, um, and just worship. And it was just an awesome time. You know, I can remember, I can remember almost every time that it happened, and, and it was just a glorious time. And, and we really could tangibly even feel the presence of God. And, and it was just an awesome time. But... Anyway, um, getting back to talking about um, talking about Haiti, um, 
you know, I started preaching when I was 16, and I never really knew where or, or what necessarily I was going to do as a minister. Um, I had a pastor's heart, but I never wanted to be a pastor because I didn't really, to be honest, want to put up with the people. <laughs> just, just because you know, I wanted to travel. I wanted to, you know, see the world and so on and so forth. Um, and back then, you know, even when, after I graduated high school and, and began really focusing more and more on ministry and studying and everything, um, I know that the Lord, that Spirit, had plans for me that. Uh, allowed me to experience a lot of things that if I had at that time taken a church and I was offered some um, it would I would not be where I am now as far as my spiritual walk and I would not um, I would not have seen some of the things that I've seen but anyway um, eventually I felt led to go to Haiti to go indefinitely in other words, I didn't know how long I was going to be there. And uh, I didn't know how I was going to get there either because I didn't, you know, n these three churches were not mega churches by any means. I mean, um, at that time, Love One Another probably had the biggest, uh, the biggest attendance. Um, but even it was not was not big by by any means but the, all three had great big hearts and and all three helped me get to where I am now and and they helped me get to Haiti too um, all three churches worked and, and helped uh, get me the funds to get there and, and when I got there you know that was the first time I had ever flown in an airplane ever um, going to Haiti you know, I had uh, previously, right before that, I had uh, I had been a, a manager of restaurants uh, in addition to, to doing ministry. Um, yeah, I had I've been a substitute teacher and, and a teacher's aide at school. And, you know, uh, but I'd never flown. I've go I'd gone uh, several places, but I had never flown. <laughs> And to get on that plane by myself, because I had nobody going with me. You know, Bob wasn't able to go at the time, and my best friend Ricky, uh, he wasn't able to go. And so I was by myself. I wasn't going with a big group or anything. I was just going because I didn't know how long I was going to be there. Uh, I had spoken with, with Jean-Claude, who was the pastor from Haiti that we were working with. And, you know, we made plans once I got there. But nobody went with me. So here I am getting on this plane all by myself. And it was in, I believe, February or, or late January when I went. Cold. Got on the plane. And we sat there. The plane just sat there. And I'm thinking, okay, what's up? And so they tell us, well, we're having a little bit of engine problem. And this is my first time flying on the plane. I was like, oh, great. You know, here I am going to Haiti by myself and the plane has engine problems. Hey, I hope you're being blessed by our podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a second and remind you to please, when you get a chance, check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com, whichever one is easier for you to remember. 
Uh, but please check those out and read up on uh, our, our vision, our mission, um, and how we're wanting to make an impact on our region and on the world. Um, pray about possibly being involved with what we're wanting to do. Um, we're wanting to pretty soon start within the next few weeks, hopefully, start having some um, worship and teaching times. We'd like to do that in Lebanon and in Nashville. We're still looking for some worship leaders and musicians. So pray about all that and also pray about supporting this podcast, if you would. And thank you again for listening. And we'll get back to our message here in just a second. So here I am getting on this plane all by myself, and it was in, I believe, February or, or late January when I went, cold, got on the plane, and we sat there. The plane just sat there, and I'm thinking, okay, what's up? And so they tell us, well, we're having a little bit of engine problem, and this is my first time flying on the plane. I was like, oh, great, you know, here I am going to Haiti by myself, and the plane has engine problems. So we sat there, for, I think, for almost an hour, and then finally we take off, and I'm just loving it. I mean, I'm in love. Once once that plane took off and taking off was a little scary, but once we got up there, man, I was in love. But uh, so I had to, I had, to, I just had to use the phone to call my mom and say, "Hey, we finally got up in the air, and it's awesome." Um, but anyway, I when we the, the kind of ticket I had, I had, well, of course you can't fly from Nashville to Haiti. I had to uh, lay over in Miami, and that was the first time I've been to Miami. I've been to Florida plenty of times, but had never been to Miami. Um, and I was only there. I, I we landed. I got uh, a taxi to a to a hotel and slept for a few hours, and then had to get up and catch an early flight from there to Haiti. And so. Then that morning we take off, go to Haiti, and when you get to Haiti, you know you're in a different place. I mean, before you even get off the plane, once they let that door down off the plane, and it's not like here you have to walk off the plane onto the actual tarmac to, to get to the airport to go in and do all the things, but... Once you get off, once they let that door down and that heat just hits you right in the face, not just the heat, but the smell. And I don't mean this arrogantly, but it's just a different smell from what you're used to here. And this is back in the mid-90s, okay? This nation uh, is the poorest nation in this hemisphere. And when I was going there, they, they were in the midst of a big a coup had just ta- had taken over the government. And so their president, Aristide, was over here seeking refuge because he was afraid he was going to be killed. And so this is what I'm walking into here. And uh, you could tell that at one time this was a beautiful city. And I remember as a kid watching the love boat and seeing the love boat uh, uh, take port there at Port-au-Prince and and seeing how beautiful it was. And so here I am in Port-au-Prince, and it's not very pretty anymore. It, you could tell it, there was rem, uh, there was. You could tell that at one time it was a very, very beautiful city, and there were still hints of that. 
but it had been through so much with all the turmoil that it was going through. There was sewage running through the street in some places knee deep. And so it's just a very different atmosphere. Nothing like I had ever encountered in, in, in my life. And see, what I'm trying to say is we need to begin to expand our minds, begin to see things from other people's perspectives. These people were full of love. Uh, you know, and some of them had, had um, been through a whole lot, obviously, all of them have. But some of them were bitter. Some of them were calloused. Some of them did have a hard shell. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, there's that spark, that seed of God in everybody. And if you can break through that, but it's a smile. Sometimes that's all it takes is a smile or a hug. You know, uh, Ricky, he would hug people sometimes, and they would break down and cry just like a baby. Because... Sometimes that's what it takes is just to reach out and even know somebody is even threatening you. Sometimes if you'll just allow the Spirit of the Lord to move through you in such a way, you can break through that shell and 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 see the real that's there. And if we could begin to look at each other in that way, see that's that's what Jesus was trying to teach. The disciples, when he said, okay, who do people say that I am? Well, some say you're this. Well, some say you're that. And he said, well, okay, but who do you say that I am? And see, what I firmly believe, and, I, and the Spirit of the Lord revealed this to me while I was teaching a few, uh, a few years ago in the jail, is he was trying to get across to them how to see each other, okay? This is what he was trying to teach them. And so he said, okay, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter saw it. He said, you're the Christ. And, and Jesus said, yes, yes. But what we don't get the rest of the story is that he was saying, he said, okay, this is what I'm building my church on. If you can begin to see what you see in me and each other, this is what the church is built on. This is... It wasn't built on Peter, and it wasn't built on some great revelation that Jesus is the, some great uh, idol that we need to bow down to and worship. That was not what Jesus intended. That was not what he wanted. But if we can begin to see that that Christ is in each one of us, that's what the church is built on. That's what Jesus was trying to relay to them. And so if we can see these people that are trying to come over here, and I know immigration is a hot topic, and I know people are afraid they're going to lose their jobs to the immigrants and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's the same old story every decade. Every decade and every year, really. But it's been the same ever since, uh, you know, you can go back and look. When the Irish started coming here, oh, no, blah, blah. You know, we don't want any of the Irish over here. The Germans, oh no, we don't, no, no, no. Oh, when the, or, or, or quote, Oriental people, oh no, no, no. We're going to lose our jobs to them. No. You know, 
That's not that's not how it, that's not true. It's a fear tactic of the enemy. And who's the enemy? The enemy is that part of us that's trying to hold on to control. That thing in us that sits in there and says that I am God and I I want what I want and I want to meet my needs and I want to serve me and mine and I'm not worried about anybody else. It's that little thing in there that we call the devil or that Kabbalah and, and, and Judaism calls Satan. It's not some hidden, invisible thing out yonder. It's something within each one of us that sits in there and says, okay, I am in control here. I will do what I want to do. But if we can if we can begin to deal with that thing, put that thing down and see through the eyes of love and see one another as we really are because we are all one another. Do you know, sometimes I look at... Uh, I look at my mom and I'll just think, man, she's still that same little girl growing up. And I didn't know her. Obviously, I didn't know her when she was a little girl. But I can see her and I can see that that in her that's still that child. And that's what Jesus said we have to become as a child. And I can look at my mom and I can see it. I can obviously see it in my sister because I saw her growing up. But to see it in my mom, in my mom and I can see it in, in some other people. But if I can see, you know, when I, look at, when I look at Trump, and if I could begin to see that little child in there that's still trying to get attention, you know, that we're all still the same little child. Every one of us are. Yeah, what does it feel like to be grown up? Because I want somebody to tell me, because I've never felt that way. I still feel the same. I'm the same person I was when I was seven years old uh, making a bet with my parents that if they, if I made straight A's, I'd get a motorcycle. I mean, I'm still that same little kid. I'm still that same little kid that prayed and, and said, God, I want a little sister. I want a blonde-haired, blue-eyed little sister. And I got it the very next year. You know, I'm still that same kid. I'm still that same person. And I bet you're that same kid, too. Even though you may be covered over with a lot of stuff, you're still that same person. You're still that same little kid that maybe you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. Or maybe you didn't uh, get to go out with the girl that you thought that, that liked you but really didn't. Or maybe... Uh, Maybe you were wanting to to date that guy that just asked the, the person right next to you to dance and didn't ask you. You know, we're still, if we could just look at each other like that and, and, and have that kind of heart for each other. And it's hard to do. I know it is. But if we could, if we could just do that, just think what this world would really be like. If we could just be, see each other in the, with those eyes what kind of a place this would be. And if, if nothing else in this edition of the podcast, just just begin to, after you leave wherever you are today, or even while you're, wherever you are, when you see somebody else, just think for just, even for just a moment, what they might have been like when they were a kid, and realize that same person is still the body might have changed, but that person is the same. 
Now, they might have changed in, 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 in the fact, you know, we, we want to um, progress. We want to grow spiritually, obviously. We want to grow in knowledge. We want to grow in understanding. But still, the heart, every one of us has that heart that's of love deep down in there. If we could begin to see that and look at each other in that way and realize there's that seed of God right in there. And that's a child of God. This is a child of God. How would things really be different? How things would, would really begin to change if we could look at each other with those eyes of love? And I'm trying, you know, I've not gotten there yet. I'm still, I'm still pressing. But I am moving forward. And I hope you are too. If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bale's Little Country Kitchen, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bale's Little Country Kitchen is family-owned and operated, and is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night all-you-care-to-eat catfish dinner and fixings, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now, they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, BellsLebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials, and even order delivery. That's BellsLebanon.com. Located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon. You're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.